Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. We took it all. We brought them to our land. An endless night, ember hot and icy cold. The rage of the earth. We made this curse. Carved it in the blood on our backs. We did not see. We could not, but she did. And in the end, what will I become? Senwa Saga, Hellblade 2. Play it now with Game Pass. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. I mean, token, good morning, Craig. Good morning, Craig. Yeah, good morning. Good morning. Yeah, good morning. Good morning, Andrew. Uh, what's happening? Anything good? Good morning to the potholes here in Buffalo. I think everybody uh, can attest to that. Good morning to the potholes. Yep. Good morning to the potholes. Um, They're everywhere. I, man, listen. can we just put some proper asphalt down or whatever? Like, come on, man. There's like landmines all over the place in this city. I was it's driving. Awful. I was driving downtown the other day, and oh my, it's just like. Like I'm 11 years sober, and I swear any police officer could have pulled me over for impaired driving with the way how many potholes I had to swerve around. Like, I'm just yeah. like, just left and right. It's unbelievable. Anyway, uh, a few housekeeping items okay. we got to take uh, take care of first. Um, okay. Speaking of potholes, we are getting still absolutely killed. For our Devin Levi, Connor Hellebuck takes. Matt Savoy's gone to Rochester. And um, Kyle Dubas got fired. Uh, no, not rehired or not renewed. So we can figure that one out, what's going on in Toronto. But there's a lot going on. Eichel's going to the finals. Sam Reinhardt's going to the finals. Oh, whoa, 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 whoa. Montour's going I mean, to the finals. On. Holy shit. But uh, so... Back up. I don't think we can go there yet. I don't think Connor, we can go there yet. Connor Hellebuck, Devin okay. Levi. I had a 26-year-old woman stop me the other day and tell me how bad our takes were. I'm, I'm really curious about this because I, I want to hear what the conversation with this young lady, um, what, what, what it was all about because I had the exact same conversation um, actually yesterday. On the golf course, beautiful day, by the way, beautiful day, beautiful day. played. Yep. And, uh, we, we were discussing the exact same thing that the conversation came up about Devin Levi and Connor Hellebuck. Okay. And, and when you, when you sit there, I want, I want you to, 
to tell me a little bit more about your conversation with this young lady. It was lady. very short. Okay. And and her this, thoughts this girl are stopped me and what she is her, said, what is she her said I love I love the show. And I said, Thank you. But she said, but I had to shut off after the whistle at least two, maybe three times the other day, take a breath and then turn it back on. She's like, You and Craig, she's like, have terrible takes about Levi, Hellebuck, Savoy. I'm just kind of like, wait, 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 wait. What's the terrible take? She's like, you're going to trade Devin Levi mm-hmm. for Connor Hellebuck or Matt Savoy. And and I said, yes. I said, this team was one point out of a playoff spot. Those guys had literally nothing to do with it. I said, so I'm trying to insert some players that are already established stars in the league that are ready to take a team to the next level yeah and i said sending those guys to winnipeg would be a great spot you know why because they're going to suck for the next seven years and we're never going to have to say what a regret it was i guess my my stance on this it's very simple if you have the ability when you when you look at the buffalo sabers moving forward they they've they've grown in so many ways that it's just it's just to wrap your head around it's it's very impressive to have two first overall picks in Owen Power and and, and Rasmus Dahlin, and they're nowhere near where they're going to be in a couple of years from now, like five years from now. They they are not they have not hit their ceiling at all. You have Matthias Samuelson, another young guy, 22, 23 years old. First year he played this year. He was he was a staple back on the on on the on the back end. You look at all of the forwards that had such great years and Thompson and Tuck and Skinner and you know Cousins and Paterka are awesome. And cousin uh, you know, there's there's just there's so much middle stat and the forward line moving the forward line is stacked okay with the greenway and all these players Peyton Krebs and then you think about what we have in the pipeline you have a Matt Savoy you have an Oslin you have a Coolidge you have a a Rosen who's playing awesome in the, in the playoffs right now for for Rochester um Rosick down there playing very very well there's players on that team that are playing very well well they can't all play in the NHL they can't so at what point in time, when you are an organization like the Sabres, you have to identify where there's glaring needs. And one glaring need is in goal. We have never in a very long time, you can talk about Robin Leonard, you can talk about Allmark and say that they're pretty darn good goaltenders, but at the time we weren't ready to compete. My feeling is we are ready to compete next year goaltender a an elite now if i were to say this to every single person who listens to this show is connor hellbuck a top three goaltender in the world right now and every single solitary person that listens to this show will have to agree okay they will have to agree that Connor Hellbuck is a top three goaltender in the world right now. Has been well, for he a few is. years. He's nominated for the Vesna. So here's my argument that I had on the golf course with my buddies. 
I said, I think that if you have the ability to trade Devin Levi for a Connor Hellbuck and you sign Connor Hellbuck for, let's just say, a seven-year deal, you are going to be set in goal for seven years. You are going to get elite goaltending. And my buddy, just like a lot of other people, Petey, are saying, why would you trade Devin Levi? He's going to be that guy. Well, you don't know if Connor, you don't know if Devin Levi is even going to be a 100% number even if, one. Even if Devin Levi is good next year as a rookie, do you know how long it's going to take him to realistically be ready to, to take a team to a second or third round of the playoffs? It's three, three, four years. But you're saying if he gets three, to that point, three, why, why does everybody just think that he's going? There's so much. There's so much talk about this kid being an elite kid, and well, I think the reason why if comes up is be, uh, or, or or when comes up is because I think he's proven along the way that he has dominated at every level, and you got to give him credit. I mean, even in, this year in the NHL, I mean, he what was his record? Four and one, eighty. Every goaltender that's playing right now in the NHL has dominated at every level. Do you get, do you get that? Like, I think you understand what, what I'm talking about here is every goaltender that has, that is a number one goaltender in the league. They have dominated at every single level that they've ever yeah, played. This at. is true. So Devin Levi is no different. Devin Levi is, is a great goaltender. Um, and you don't know where his game is going to go. You don't know if he's going to be. So there's, there's every team pretty much has a number one. There's 32 of those guys in the world. And then there's 32 backups. And then there's a whole bunch of more goaltenders that are more than capable of playing in the NHL, but there's just no spots available. Do you know, right? Like right now that Devin Levi is going to be in the 32. Is he going to be a number one goaltender in this in this league? I would tend to say in a very, very, very small sample size that yes, I think he's going to play as a number one in this league. The next question I have, where is he going to be out of the 32? Is he going to be a number one, but he's going to be in the bottom 10 in the league? Or is he going to be in the middle? Or is he going to be in the top 10? We don't know what he's going to be. Now, can we say, do you think he's going to be a top three goaltender in the NHL, in the world? I don't think we can say that either. But what I can say is, Connor Hellbuck is a top three goaltender in the world. You're going to get a top three. We're hoping that Devin Levi gets to a certain spot. I just why can't not, believe. Why not go after a goaltender I, that you already know he's a, a top three goaltender? You you don't have to hope and wait and let him develop and go through his ups and downs and this and that. You're already getting a top just, three goaltender in the world. Don't you find it hard to believe that there would be an uproar if you traded a prospect goalie? A prospect goaltie, <laughs> goalie. Like, I'm sitting here thinking, like, people are saying we're, we're well, they're saying... They've said a lot of things, but I sit here and I just think to myself, are, are you, the fuck is wrong with you? What is, what is wrong with some, some of these people? Like, 
five and two. I said his record was four and one. He was five and two. Like there would be an uproar. People would be pissed if they traded for Connor Hellebuck and Devin Levi was in the deal. The UP everyone's like UPL should be in the deal. Do you think Winnipeg, who's going to rebuild their franchise, like probably like a Chicago did, is looking for fucking UPL? A big a bigger question mark? Literally and figuratively, a bigger question mark than Devin Levi? Like I, I just I the my train of thought, one thing is, you have my to train of thought is have the best player in that position that you can. And in the next five years, I do believe that Connor Hellebuck is going to outperform Devin Levi on oh any God, fucking They're not even close. Exactly. They're not even fucking close. Exactly. What idiot is going to tell me that, that Devin Levi is going to outperform Connor Hellebuck in the next five years? Connor like, I Hellebuck mean five would have years. to either be playing with injury. He's just, he's just that. He's been that good for a long time now. Yes. Connor Hellebeck has already been that good for a long time. No question. No question about it. Like, like this is this is this is a I'm sorry to everybody out there for tossing Matt Savoy's name in there and making the trade bigger and Adam Lowry's name coming up. But listen to me. You know what this is like? This this is like an analogy of um of of, of saying we don't want to trade Matt Savoy. For um, for um, uh, Braden Point, I bet people would be pissed off about that deal. Like, do, do you understand what I'm saying? People are would be uh, are are people upset if we could get Brandon Point, Braden Point, Braden Point. Do you think people would be upset if we got Braden Point for Matt Savoy? I think the people that truly know the league would say that's a great deal. I would say that the that the we outs- need Matt Savoy and five more first round draft picks to get Braden Point. Like what the hell? I'm saying a very simple. What if you were to get Braden Point? He's a forty plus goal scorer. He puts up ninety plus points a year. But we're we're saying why would we need Braden Point? We've got Matt Savoy and he's going to do the same thing. No, he's not. No, he's not. We don't know what Matt Savoy is going to be. He's a project. He's you, We don't even know where he's going to fit in this lineup. What I'm saying, same thing goes to Devin Levi. Devin Levi is a rookie player, a goaltender at age 20 that just turned 21, who played seven games in the NHL. Seven. And we're talking about possibly trading him away for... Connor Hellebuck, who is a top goaltender in the league. Now, granted, Levi's name was not involved in the conversation when the article, it it never came up. I'm, I'm defending the fact that I said I would consider trading Devin Levi in that, that trade. I just would. If you're the Winnipeg Jets, I, I think if you trade for Connor Hellebuck and you keep Devin Levi, I think in a way you're smothering Levi, uh, or unless which is exactly what Kevin Adams doesn't want to do and hasn't done in the past because he wants his young players to play, right? Right. But, but I would trade Con- uh, Devin Levi 
I would literally fly him, drive him to Winnipeg <laughs> to get Connor Hellbuck. But you have to understand how much, you know, how much is Connor Hellbuck worth? He's an unrestricted free agent after next season. So he's got one year. How many teams are going to pay um, the top dollar for Connor Hellbuck? How many teams in the league are looking for a number one goaltender like Connor Hellbuck? There's not many. There's not many that need that type of that that goaltender. You know, we took it all. We brought them to our land. An endless night. Ember hot and icy cold. The rage of the earth. We made this curse. Carved it in the blood on our backs. We did not see. We could not, but she did. And in the end... What will I become? Senwa Saga. Hellblade 2. Play it now with Game Pass. If you just go down the whole league, Winnipeg or uh, Vancouver... I'm sure there are lots. Of, there, there are lots of teams that would would rather Tampa have Bay, Hellebuck Vegas, than what the Islanders. Uh, Edmonton doesn't need him. Boston, Washington, Dallas doesn't need it. Uh, St. Louis, L.A., L.A. got that go the goaltender from from Columbus. Yeah, I mean, there's not a whole lot of. Uh, Places in the league. Well, this article says Buffalo, New Jersey. New Jersey's. Yeah. I mean, if New Jersey is Connor Hellebuck, they're still playing hockey right now. I I, I do believe that. the uh, The article also mentions Peyton Krebs and Casey Middlestad. Like, yeah, those are assets, and that was from Michael Russo at the Athletic. Uh, um, yeah, those are those are assets that I. I Absolutely would get. And they're just speculation, right? They're they just rumors. Um, 99% of these rumors never come true. But, you know, you have Connor Halbuck tied to New Jersey and, and Buffalo because we and, and New Jersey both have very young goaltenders. Yeah. Um, one of the players mentioned in our conversation here, Matt Savoy, was just assigned to Rochester. Will he play? They're going into the conference finals. By the way, tip of the cap to them for a a nice playoff run down there. Yeah, they're they're a little. I think I think a little unexpected by everybody down there, but that's kind of the way miracle runs go. We're watching one with the Florida Panthers right now. Yeah. Um, Matt Savoy, Nineteen-year-old young man born on January first. Nice, great hockey birthday that is, eh? Holy jumping, awesome! Anyway, played for the uh, Winnipeg Ice. Had a pretty damn good season, and uh, I know if you remember this, we talked about this at you know at the start of the year. He he was not struggling. He just started off a little slow. Um, in 62, 62 games, he had thirty-eight goals, ninety-five points. A solid year, solid year. Playoffs. For a slow start, absolutely. For a slow start. 38 goals for me. Um, Didn't make the World Junior team either, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, yeah. He had a slow start to his uh, to his season in, uh, in the WHL, but he, he ended strong, 95 points. 
been in the playoffs, 19, 19 playoff games. He had 11 goals and 29 points. Um, pretty darn good. Uh, is he going to, is he going to play? Is he going to play? Um, I think they were bringing Matt Savoy to Rochester to ultimately be in the environment. There you go. Understand what it's all about. Practice with the team. Team goes off. Matt Savoy stays on with the likes of Michael Pekka and, you know, even uh, uh, Mike Weber. And those guys do a little extra work with uh, Mr. Matt Savoy just to kind of get him acclimated to to uh, the environment. And to I think pro, to pro hockey and the work hockey, of pro just and, to be a, and not just only to that, be there. how about understanding what it's like to not play in pro hockey? This kid's probably never sat out a game in his life unless it was for injury. So this, this kid's going to come here. He's going to be an extra skater. He's going to do the off ice workouts. He's going to see the playoff environment. He's going to see the preparation of the players. He's going to be around the, he's going to be around the, uh, he's going to be in the, the meetings. He's going to be in the meetings. He's going to be around the seriousness of the moment. You know, he's just coming off a pretty yep. serious moment in the WHL finals. That's right. I mean, it's, it's, and then after, you know, and then after that, take a little break and you come back and you live in Buffalo for the summer. Yeah. But I think he ends up, I do think he ends up playing to, based on how the series goes. If they go down two nothing to Hershey or something. I think yeah. if they can find a way to slide him into an, to inject a little bit of youthful life into the lineup and some skill. Yeah. I think they'll do that, but I don't think he's that coming there to rip somebody's spot away. That's been battling through the first two rounds of the playoffs. Well, I mean, somebody, if, one of if the it's media not members broken, Buffalo, you don't fix it. Right. Well, right. And one of the media members here in Buffalo, I, I'm not going to say his name. Cause I, I, I think you realize that he, what he said was a mistake and I don't know exactly what he said, but something along the lines of, if he doesn't play, it's a, it's an absolute travesty or something, an embarrassment or a mockery or, or something along those lines. I think he has since deleted the tweet and I'm not picking on this, this person. I'm just saying that you, you don't understand. Well, I would be the I, first one to argue with that man or a woman, whoever well, said, whoever sent it was, a tweet out to say it would be a travesty I, to not have massive word. I mean, but in my it, mind, I'm thinking that's, that's what I'm talking about. Like, you're not bringing him here just to play and and use his skill on the ice. You're bringing him here to to absorb and observe. Yes. Or sorry, observe and absorb. You're and maybe play, maybe play, but playing is secondary in this particular instance. Yep. And and that's just that's part of developing. A I think there's player. no question that they would like to see this young man in. I think a lot of people would like to see this young man in. I know that Yari Kulich, who is the 28th overall first round pick by the Sabres last year, um, is is um, thriving in his first year in 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 the in the minors. Now you have a Matt Savoy that that was ninth ninth overall. You know they're probably asking themselves, can this young man make us better? Okay, and if they feel if Seth Appert and Michael Pekka and, and and Mike Weber feel that this young man can make their lineup stronger, he will be in the lineup. 
That being said, at this time of year, when you're looking to win a championship, you are, you are looking to win and you're going to play whoever you feel at this time of year. This is not about development. Kevin Adams, the GM of the Buffalo Sabres is not going down and telling those guys what they should do with their lineup. I know this for, okay. I don't know it for a fact. I don't know it for a fact, but knowing Kevin, knowing the respect for Seth Appert and, and, and the coaches in the, in, in Rochester, Kevin Adams is stepping back and he's observing. Okay. He's observing. He's watching and letting these men do what they have to do to try and win a championship. They are Kevin Adams is not telling these men to put in Matt Savoy. They will do whatever they feel is the right thing to do to win a championship. That is what this is all about. Yeah. I've seen this lots of times. Uh, players get called from junior to pro in the playoffs and sometimes they play and sometimes they don't, you know, but yeah. uh, it'll be a good experience for the kid. I, I got called up from the, uh, from my, my, uh, from the OHL. I remember I flew out to Fredericton, scared to be Jesus, you know, I mean, went through a long playoff, uh, you know, long playoff series, uh, in, in the OHL and then got, got the call up. I had to get on the flight. My body was exhausted. My, I was mentally exhausted. Matt Savoy is in the same situation. Lots going on in throughout a very long season in the WHL with the travel and the, the emotions of the playoffs and the season and everything. And now, now they're out there. He's going to observe. He's going to skate. He's going to be around the environment. And uh, you know what? If they feel, if the coaching staff feels that he is going to make them better, then he will be in the lineup. And That's it. and it prevents him from going into nineteen uh, year old postseason hockey mode. Which, after a season of junior, turns into a—it's uh, absolutely. I mean, I don't know what the kids like, but I mean, it's <laughs> welcome home. Well, <laughs> yeah. don't enroll back in school for about two weeks because you're busy getting, you know, caught up unpacking. <laughs> uh, anyway, uh, speaking of unpacking, Kyle Dubas is not unpacking; he's packing. But yeah, man, that's confusing. It's confusing one. His press conference, really. I don't know if that kind of screwed him over, but well, what a shit show in Toronto, man. What a shit show. Well, did you read the article? Um, you know, it was, it, there's 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 certain parts of this too, right? There's um, obviously, you know, Kyle Dubas was told that he would not be coming back as GM of the Toronto Maple Leafs. That same day, Jason Spezza resigns from the front office. So he's probably not very happy because I think he is a supporter of uh, Kyle Dubas and what he has done. And um, can you say that, are, are you a supporter of Kyle Dubas or do you like the direction of getting something different in Toronto? I was not a supporter of Kyle Dubas whatsoever until this year, until last off season when he went and got guys like Kampf, Yarn Crook. Uh, you know, he brought in the pieces at the deadline some physical pieces at the deadline. You know, I liked the Samsonov move. I loved the Samsonov move. Yep. But then someone pointed and out. And for a, that matter, and for that matter, the Murray move. The Murray move was fine too. The Murray, I understood the Murray move. Um, but there are a lot of other bad moves that he made too. And people were, when you start what, to lie. What are they? 
yeah. Like I, I, I like think a, to myself, a, there was a every first single year for somebody you traded away. You let Mason Marchman go. You let some of these other. You let some young players go. He did. He, I think he traded a first rounder for Felino. That was the other one. That was. Is that, that was it? One of them. But yeah. But when we were looking at that, I know it's a. I know it's it's a tall task. You know, Felino at the time was really desired. The way that he plays, he's the captain of of I think Columbus Blue Jackets, where he was playing at the time, right? And he was kind of exactly what Toronto needed. He was like the Ryan O'Reilly type player. He he was gritty. He's going to be a, a great playoff performer and how he plays the game. Did you not love that, that, that trade? I, I, mean, su- I supported that trade. I, I, if you're, if you're going for a Stanley cup and Pittsburgh did it for years, I think they traded a first round pick for fucking David Perron from Edmonton uh, one year to try to get yeah. a, like yeah. you, I mean, you're expecting that pick to be 31, 30, 29, 28 anyway, who may never play in the league. And if you can get a player like Nick Foligno to come in and fill the role and the void that your team needs to help, to help you get to the finals, it wasn't Nick Foligno's fault that the team didn't get to the finals or get past the first round. I would have made and, that move. And, I would make that move 10 times out of 10 because look at Nick Felino in Boston. Yeah. Well, and they go out in the first round of Florida, but you get my point. I would have made but again, that move. This I goes back to Dubas, move. though, Petey. Are are you like I think Kyle Dubas has done everything in his in his power to make this team the most competitive team to try and win win a championship. I think he, he has the Marner. star studded. The overpaid Marner right wingers weren't making fuck 11 million. Maybe Panarin's were, but he was nowhere near Panarin at that point. And I think Austin Matthews deal was way too risky. Um, to, to, to do the five-year deal is what you're saying to, to take him to free agency. Yeah. Because it was a stupid move. It, that's a, you know I thought I think that they feel that they were going to win in those five years. That's why they did it. There's a five year window. You not how could you not think you were going to win? But it's still risky. Yeah. So and I, I and I go back question. to Mitch Marner. Yes, I, I just was... want to go back to Mitch Marner for one second. When he signed this deal, PD had 69 points. The next year he had 94 points. Then he had 67 in 59 games. Then he had 67 in 55 games. Then he had Leon 97 was points last year. Million at the time. He had 97 points last year. And this year he had 99. Like Mitch Marner is worth $11 million. Yeah, he, he is. He, he is, but you didn't have to sign him to 11 million at the fucking time. You're right. You're right. Well, look at look at Braden Point. Look at how he plays the game. He is very much like a Mitch Marner, but even more physical, right? Puts up 90-plus points a year, scores 40-plus goals a year, right? And he signed for nine and a half in Tampa Bay. And now, now Tampa Bay has, you know, a, a million and a half to, to, to work with on someone else to make their team better. And that's where... Toronto, I just think that they paid these guys elite money and cash strapped them. And I don't think that I don't think COVID helped them because it it it's it stopped the rise of the salary cap, which I don't think Kyle Dubas expected. Well, I think he enough, was being a numbers guy, he's he's banking on 
He's banking the cap on that going, going up, up five yes. million every year. That's right. So he's That's thinking right. in cap will be up 15, 20 million when Matthews deals up. Yeah. So for me to say that Mitch Marner is overpaid, you know, he had 99 points this year, 30 goals. The year before that, he had 35 goals, 97 points. Like, I mean, this kid in his contract has produced to the level of what he's being paid. I think so. I, I think so. I I guess yes, I, I have become a Dubis supporter and less of a Keith supporter. The Jason Spezza news was obviously their their hand in hand there in terms of you know what they're thinking and, and maybe yeah. where they're going. Because let's be honest, Kyle Dubas having Jason Spezza on on his side is a good I I have a ton of respect for Jason Spezza. I mean as a as a player, uh I always found him to be a classy guy. I thought he was a, a fierce competitor. Yeah. Um yeah. So I have a lot of respect for Jason Spezza. I've watched him and played against him since he was 14 when he was an exceptional status in the OHL. So mm-hmm. you know his character is is it's right there. Uh, he, I think, he has president of hockey operations type type character to him. I really believe yes. that. Um, so, did you read? Did you read the article or listen to Brendan Shanahan's um, uh, media? I read some of the quotes. Was there and what one it came down to, to is you? they were negotiating. They were negotiating a contract like the the. The night or the the they night were in there were making plans out. for the next season roster right. and everything. And- That's right. And 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 there was the discussions about a contract. They 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 had told Kyle Dubas that they wanted him back. Kyle Dubas had told them that he wanted to come back. I think they had some number issues, a little bit of number issues. For contract wise, but that's that's irrelevant, right? But then didn't Kyle Where things went say, sour? I, I want to come back or something along those lines in his press conference the next day. His press conference became very it was kind of like not eyebrow raising, but he was very emotional. Okay. At at point it looked like he was gonna come to tears. Um, what he was talking about, uh, about giving his time, about his family and about discussing that with them and all this kind of stuff. If you wanted to be the Toronto Maple Leaf GM and continue this road and pushing for a championship, you wouldn't be having a, an end of the year um, press conference right, like that because he's very emotional. I think I think in a couple weeks from now when he has time to gather himself and get away from things, I think he's going to realize that he made a mistake. I really do. But Brennan Shanahan has to make decisions for the entire organization. He did not like what he heard in his press conference, in Kyle Dubas's press conference. And that's where things completely changed and he was told that he would not be coming back as as the GM. That day, Jason Spezza resigns. So I don't know what happened behind the scenes, nor do I really care. The question is who's going to be the who's going to be the GM of the of the Toronto Maple Leafs in, in the situation that they're at. They got some big decisions to make. There, I think I, there have been some some 
speculation of of names. I think Jim Benning's name has been tossed around. Mike Fuda. I'm sure you'll hear some uh, uh, other other. Is it is it Mike McPhee that was with Washington? George and McPhee. George McPhee. Sorry, sorry, Mike McPhee, uh, Montreal Canadian. Um, there's there's um, obviously uh, Trelevin from Calgary. Trey Levin, yeah, yeah, yeah. Trey Levin is. Uh, I was told is. Uh, who Gonna knows have... how to pull off a monster deal? I mean, yes, he does. You know, he, he they need traded, a veteran guy, is what they're talking about. A heart trophy. He just traded a heart trophy nominee, yeah. you know, out of Calgary. So he might have to do And the I same don't blame thing. him. I don't sit there and look at it and say, like, you completely got hosed on that deal because he didn't. When he, they... don't, what I'm saying is he knows how to execute a get a deal done. That's right. And he might have to do that with Matthews or Marner and Elander. And that's going to be the same caliber trade. Yeah. Like, we're talking a one for four if not a bigger hockey trade coming for the Toronto Maple Leafs. Whatever happens, it's something big is going to happen with the roster. And and do, does Sheldon Keefe come back? Is he automatically returning if the new GM comes? I wouldn't bring him back, personally. Yeah, I have no beef with Sheldon Keefe whatsoever. None. I just don't feel like he is the voice to stand in front of that team and motivate them to go and play. I think you need an experienced, established, winning coach. We're we're talking about the Toronto Maple Leafs. We're not talking about a guy that when, came from Sioux. But who Marie comes to mind? To the comes to mind to, to the Toronto Maple uh, Toronto Marlies to the Toronto Maple Leafs. Like who comes when to I mind? I think Andrew. of Toronto Maple Leafs. I think of Mecca. I think of big name. I think of like like. Like Mike Babcock was the perfect hire for the Toronto Maple Leafs. Perfect hire. You know? Sorry it didn't work out there, but a name like that. So it's who's the guy that was in Nashville all those years? Barry Trotz. Barry Trotz. He's now the he's now the president. Not Trotz. Or no, sorry, GM. Sorry. Not Trotz. Barry Trotz. Not Trotz. Laviolette. Was he in Nashville? Yes. And, and then he, he went he to went Carolina, Carolina. And then he went to That's the Washington. kind of guy. That's the kind of guy. Yeah. Yeah. That you've got some Quenville, jam to him. Joel Quenville. Yeah. He's got to be reinstated. Has to have a little uh, well, sit down with Gary. If if the Chicago Blackhawks are awarded the first overall pick and Connor Bedard and Joel Quenville does not get reinstated. That is the that is the true definition of double standard if I've ever seen such a thing. So Joel Quenville will be reinstated, and when he is, he's going to have his pick of the litter. It's going to be New York or Toronto. I don't know if he'll be reinstated. I hate to say it, but when you know when you know something is going on and you basically just push it and sweep it under the rug because you've got a job to do to win a Stanley cup, there's something much, much bigger. Okay. There's something much bigger than winning a trophy. That's all I'm going to say on that. So we, I don't know what's going to happen with Joel Quenville. If he, if he's available, I'm going to tell you, he's going to be right at the front of the list for, for the Toronto Maple Leafs. But, um, they're gonna need a they're gonna need an experienced GM. 
and they're going to need an experienced coach if they want to try and continue to drive this ship. All I know is Toronto Maple Leafs right now, they they have they have some headaches. They have some headaches. They have a lot of players like Noel Achari is unrestricted. Austin Reese is unrestricted. Bunting unrestricted. Kempf is unrestricted. Kierfoot unrestricted. O'Reilly unrestricted. Um, Simmons, Gustafson, Hall, Shen. These are all unrestricted. That is almost, that's, that's two, four, six, seven, uh, 10. And then you have Samsonov, who's 26 years old. He's going to be an unrestricted free agent after next year. You have to sign him to a contract. Well, what are you going to pay him if he's your number one? You have to be up around 5 million bucks for what he's done. So they, they are in a bad situation. They really are in a bad situation because you still have to worry about Austin Matthews the year after. You have to worry about William Nylander the year after. I mean, Toronto Maple Leafs right now, oh my God. I mean, they're, they're in such a very, very difficult situation because they don't have the money. And they've, they, Kyle Dubas and the Toronto Maple Leafs went for it. Okay. They don't have any draft picks. They have Boston Bruins first round draft pick because they traded, traded away. So they, they traded away their own, but they have Boston's, which is what? Number 32. They don't have a second, third, fourth, or seventh in this year's draft. They don't have a second. And then in 2025, they don't have a first, second, or a fourth. I mean, where are you where are you going to at the deadline when you have to make your team better to try and give yourself a push? They've already done, they've already traded away all their all their picks. Like this is Toronto's in a real tough situation right now. Really, really tough situation. It's kind of it, it it's kind of exciting to sit back and watch to see this team now have to find a new general manager. I I did not see this coming. Especially after they made it out of the first round, I did yeah. I did not see this coming. But I think we all know that there's uh, some kind of roster change coming in yeah. Toronto. So well, some back, some things work and some things don't. Right? Okay. Mm-hmm. Like here in Buffalo, we had um, you know a Jack Eichel and a Sam Reinhardt and an, and a Rasmus Ristolainen. At one time, we had Ryan O'Reilly. We had we had some uh, Evander Kane. These players are all doing these players are all doing great things. Okay. But it didn't work here in Buffalo because there wasn't the gel. There wasn't the right players. Just like in here in Toronto, Matthews, Tavares, Marner, Nylander, and I, I would throw Morgan Riley in there. That is their that is the ultimate core. And right it, now that core has not been able to get it done. They're very, very good in, in the in the regular season. Very good, one of the top teams in the league. But at what point they 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 did everything that they could to get by the first round or or to win a Stanley Cup, and now they've depleted their prospect pool. They've depleted all of their draft picks, and now you have a team that hopefully or should have won a Stanley Cup by now, and. They are in cap hell. Like, I mean, hell. 
So I don't know what they're going to do. I don't know what they're going to do. It's going to be very interesting to see what Austin Matthews, Mitch Marner, Neilander, Tavares, what this team's going to do because I wonder if any of them were Dubas supporters and now maybe have a change of heart. I mean, Kyle Dubas was, you know, closer to their age than a lot of these GMs are to yeah. their players. You know what I mean? So yeah. I think he, I think he had a, I think Dubas had a pretty good grasp of this generation of player. Yeah. I really, I really think he did. I think he's, I, I don't know. I, I, I wonder if players there are going to be pissed off that he's not coming back. I bet you there are players there that absolutely love Spezza. He played there. He was their teammate a year ago. Yeah. So listen, but this is good. Sometimes you, you know, this sometimes uh, a, a real negative can be a positive. It's a shakeup. My only concern is half of the forward line is unrestricted. Half of the forward line. Listen to these ages, 34, 32, 28, 28, 27, 28, and 31. Toronto Maple Leafs are not a young team. They're a very old team. On, on defense, 33, 31, 31, 39, 24, 24, 29, 32, 29. This is not a young hockey team. So the question is, does this team have the ability to win a championship? Do they have the right defense? I'd look at it and say, no, I don't think they have the right defense. Do they have the goaltending to win? Uh, I don't know. Ilya Samsonov played very well, but I, I don't look at his, him as elite. When you look at the forward line, do they have enough? Well, they have scores in Matthews, Tavares, Marner, and Nylander, but those guys have proven that they cannot win in the playoffs. And then you have the other half of the, the Leafs lineup is unrestricted, meaning those guys want to get paid. They're, they want to get paid. Tough times in Leafland right now. Real tough times because I don't think that they have a large prospect pool to pick from. Quick playoff thought. Too early um, to write the two teams that are down 2 nothing off or what? Most definitely. Most definitely. Um, the biggest thing at this time of year, I've never been to a third round of the playoffs. Been, I've been to the second round of the playoffs multiple times. I know after losing in the second round, how mentally and physically beat up I was. Um very exhausted such a long season and uh the emotional side of the playoffs is just it's like playing a full season in in 16 games but i believe that carolina and i believe that dallas are two elite teams and deserve to be in this situation dallas was the number two team in the in the west and Carolina was the number two team in the East. They're down two nothing. Doesn't mean anything. Just means that it's a longer road for them. Both teams have veteran leadership. They have the goal scoring. They have everything that they need to come back in this series. But game three, wow, man. Game three is 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 a is a changer of the entire series. 
um, if one of those teams goes down three nothing, it's going to be really, really, really difficult to win four straight. I will tell you this: I think Vegas is a very good team, but I think Dallas easily, easily could come back in this series and win. Florida, on the other hand, as much as Matt Kachuk has single-handedly and Sergey Bobrovsky have single-handedly um, put Florida on the map, uh, it they they worry me. They worry me because you have to understand. Like they are riding the wave and the wave's taking them a long way, but eventually that wave is going to get smaller and smaller. Okay. And I just think that you have to remember Florida Panthers were a team that had 91 points this year, 91. They weren't 110. They didn't score. They didn't have 50 plus wins. This is a team that barely got into the playoffs, but they're riding a goaltender and they're riding an unbelievably emotional player in Matthew Chuck, and it's taken them a long way. But do not count out, do not count out Carolina. So okay. it's going to be awesome to watch. These games yeah. from this moment on are going to be amazing to watch. It's going to be a complete steel toe boot to the pecker to watch Sam Reinhardt and Jack Eichel play in the Stanley Cup Finals. And not for me, just for Sabre fans. Why? They suffered for years. We had both these fucking guys on our team. I know that. But anyway, but uh, does that not go? No, I want to get, I just, give me one second. It's going to be a steel toe boot right underneath the stone. And you know what? All those people that are super pissed off. No one's pissed. It's this, no one's pissed. I never said pissed. there's a lot of people that are pissed off. I talked to people yesterday about Jack Eichel possibly going to the Stanley Cup finals and they were beside themselves. I they were to sick to their stomach. The Sabres, they are. I'm going to tell you right now. There are the employees at the Sabres are at literally at what point they are. Do you have to stop looking at Jack Eichel and Sam Reinhardt as the failures? And look at the fucking organization that were absolutely terrible. I'm talking about like in the their building sales, of the Jack the, Eichel, the, Sam Reinhardt era. administration, the ticket people, you know, not the not the hockey department I'm talking about everybody else around there. It's 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 crazy, man. It's, it's, I hope they both get there, man. Because that means one of them is going to win the, the Stanley oh. Cup. And good on them because Sam Reinhardt is a big Big, big reason, and and Jack Eichel, monster reason why Vegas and, and Florida are in this situation. I am with they you. are elite players. I'm with you. That's a wrap on another episode of After the Whistle. Don't forget to follow us on Twitter, After the Whistle, and at Craig Reve 52 at The Instigator76. And you can find us, as you already know, on Apple, Spotify, and YouTube, and anywhere else where you can get your podcasts. Thanks for tuning in. Don't forget to spread the word.